Welcome back to the Mel K show. One of my favorite friends I've met on the journey so far is with us today. He is, he has his hands in so many different things. This is going to be an amazing show. Thank you for joining me, Craig Pasta Dradula. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Mel, for uh, always bringing me on your show and your platform so I can expand my horizons and get all the uh, work I do out to the masses. I really do appreciate uh, your voice, your popularity. Everybody loves you. And uh, I love you, and I really surely appreciate you bringing me on. Not everybody. Yeah, well, there's a lot of people who hate us, right? But what are we going to do? That's okay. Um, yeah, and everyone uh, that's watching, uh, this is a really important person to follow because, you know, we get a lot of siloed comments. We have uh, what I call Twitter liberties that are thrown into everyone's feed. Uh, you're not, you're getting very specific information, I feel like, is very controlled out there. And uh I call him pasta. He uh, he is uncontrollable, which is exactly what we need. So first and foremost, uh, tell my audience just a little bit about you and uh, your journey so far, because you have been uh, on the front lines in many different realms, but I want them to know who you are. Well, my name is Craig Jardula. My friends call me pasta since I was a little kid. I actually used it for my middle name, pasta. And you can see the sign behind me that says pasta to go. Uh, that's all about my new channel. Uh, which I just started a couple months ago, and I've just actually got monetization on YouTube before they take me down. Who knows? Uh, but for years, I've been doing this, about six and a half years, I've been a citizen journalist, uh, a, a uh, political analyst, uh, as you will. Um, I come traditionally from the left, if that means anything anymore. We talk about these labels anymore. But you know, I was an old school liberal. You know, uh, I believed in, uh, I'm an anti-imperialist before anything. Uh, I believe in freedom of speech, freedom of the press. I'm a big Julian Assange guy. Uh, and I made my bones in the area of election integrity. I got involved after the 19, uh, after the 2016 election uh, where Bernie Sanders was just raked over the coals. Uh, and uh, there was a Bernie Sanders lawsuit. It wasn't from Bernie Sanders. It was from his supporters who sued the DNC uh, uh, for having a fraudulent primary. Uh, and the case was actually dismissed, uh, notwithstanding that he said they didn't have enough information. But inside that that case, the DNC said they had the right to go into the back room uh, filled with cigar smoke and pick whoever they want. They didn't have to abide by their charter and give a fair um, a fair primary to their candidates. There, there was no such thing as a Democrat. So that kind of set me off. And I've been doing this show called The Convo Couch with my business partner, Fiorella Isabel, who is actually... Uh, does the convo couch still with me, uh, but she's in Moscow and she's on RT. Uh, me, myself, I've been filling in for Jimmy Dore for the last four and a half months uh, while he was on tour. That was an amazing experience. And because of you being able to use his megaphone, I was able to raise enough funds to get on the ground. And now I've been following Lahaina, the Lahaina fires very, very closely. I just got back a week and a half ago. It was my second time there. I went there less than 30 days after the, the initial fire made some connections, spoke to activists, spoke to citizens, spoke to business owners. And then I went back 100 days after. Uh, and you can imagine, Mel, with all the connections I made the first time, I was able to double them up. And we will have a film beat that's being produced, Lahaina on Fire, Volume 2. You can see it on Pasta to Go. The first one is up there for free. Brand right. new channel, has over 50,000 views. Okay. Very proud of the work. But I have the receipts and the chops and the information on Lahaina, and I'm just looking to spread what's going on because, unfortunately, Israel-Palestine has eclipsed everything, and nobody's talking about what's going on in Lahaina. 
And these people are being left uh, out in the dark. Yeah. And that's why um, I wanted you to come on. I love having you on, but you've been so busy these last several months. So I'm just really excited. I hope I hope we're, we're, we do more together upcoming. I'm planning on that since we both now moved to Florida. Um, and uh, so first and foremost, um, most people in America, I just had a Q&A the other night and multiple people were asking what was going on in Lahaina. Uh, I promised them that I would have an update with you. So let's start from the beginning. You went down there right away. Um I uh, I watched you down there. So why don't you tell everyone about trip one and then we'll get into trip two, because yeah. like you said, uh, whatever's going on in Israel, we have many different uh, opinions. But one of mine is that it is uh, for us not to look at other things that are happening. So it's really you're and you're the only person I'm seeing out there that is keeping this in, in the spotlight. So I really appreciate that. So go ahead. Yes. And, you know, thank you for uh, two as well. Um, you know, one of the great things about you, Mel, before we get started, is the fact is that you don't get deterred by anybody's opinion. You don't participate in cancel culture. And it's a, it's a lot of what I'm about because I believe it's really one of the most damaging uh, tactics that the ruling classes use to divide us is to have us fighting with each other. And I, that's what I love coming on your show. And I love you know uh, working with you because you are all about different opinions and different people and different thoughts and questioning everything. I think it's amazing. Thank you. So um, you're welcome. Uh, and thank you. So I, you know, for me, I was, you know, currently at the time when Lahaina, the fire had taken place, I was in the middle of uh, hosting for Jimmy Dore when he was on the road. Um, but then I had like six days off and I had seen some stuff on TV that really reminded me a lot of what happened in Katrina. And in Katrina, they had the disaster. The mainstream media showed up. The government said it's peace. And then everybody packed up and went home. There was a congresswoman who I still converse with on to this day. Her name is Cynthia McKinney, who was trying to get an independent investigation. If you if you remember 9-11, she was the only congressional woman trying to get an independent investigation. She also didn't want the story to die of what's going to happen to the people who were left behind, damaged from the from the floods and the waters and the hurricane uh, of Katrina. And pretty much their story was never told. Uh, everybody packed up and went home. I saw the same thing in Lahaina. And it was just really burning my you-know-what. And I figured I had six days off. Uh, I spoke to Jimmy. I said, Jimmy, I want to go over there and do some work. He said, go right ahead. Uh, and I went on over to Hawaii. I was able to use his megaphone to you know, put all my information out there, my cash app, my Venmo, my PayPal. And you know how it goes. I wanted I to bring a camera person with me, a camera person I had met at Rebels for a Cause, an event okay. we participated yeah. in together. And I was able to raise a few bucks, 20 bucks here, 10 bucks there, five bucks there. And I was able to fly out my camera guy and just he just followed me around everywhere as I talked to everybody. Uh, I had a connection on the aisle, a friend from Maui who was an activist who was able to hook me up. I got right off the plane, Mel, and I went walked right into a, uh, a community meeting at Lahaina where people in Lahaina had lost their homes. Um, they had a distribution center. And I was able to listen and talk to some of these people, make some connections. Not everybody wanted to talk to me at first. It was like, who's this gringo showing up with a camera? You know, the people of Hawaii are already very distrusting. You know, yeah. uh, they, a lot of them know their history. They understand that they were colonized. It was the kingdom of Hawaii. And what was so special about Lahaina is that Lahaina was actually the capital of Hawaii before the colonization, before the United States wow. had taken it on. So Lahaina was special. And it was an area where... Um, Real estate investors, BlackRock, have been trying to get in there and get a lot of property. 
Uh, but the people didn't want to budge. They didn't want to move. They, it was an old school style of living. Everybody knew each other there. They sold fish on the streets, fruit on the streets. Uh, it was just a kind of like indigenous style way of living. And they refused to sell out to these big investors. Now, a lot of things that happened that really kind of led up to the fire that made people very suspicious about what's going on. There's several camps out there, right? The, the, and this is something that Shelby Hosanna in the, in the, in the book, she wrote a book. Uh, and she lives in Ma uh, Maui called Burn Back Better because so many things seem to like collide or interject with the fourth industrial revolution. Two months previous to the fire, um, Mel, the governor, Governor Green, was the keynote speaker for 15 Minute Sustainable Cities at the UN, which oh made everybody scratch their head. And he wow. had talked about this. He had talked about, you know, turning parts of Maui's into sustainable cities uh, and whatnot. And what a better what a better of a place than Lahaina to do so. So that was a big thing that was on people's minds. Secondly, the fact that so many services broke down during the disaster itself. The water was turned off. The police were blockading people into the fire zone and wouldn't let people out because they said the electricity was still on and the power lines were active when they were turned off. The sirens were unsigned, sounded. And when questions were asked why the sirens weren't sounded, the guy who was in charge of the emergency system said, well, I didn't want to sound the sirens because I didn't want to turn people back in the fires that they, they're normally not used for wildfires. They're normally used for tsunamis. Only problem is on the major website, on the major major webpage, it says clearly as day, it's meant for also wildfires too as well. So, so many of these services broke down during the fire and all these people wanted answers, but they weren't given answers. Governor Green wouldn't even talk directly to his constituents when the fire took place. Mayor uh, Richard Be uh, Be Bison or Besson, I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, who is considered a Hanaka, Hanaka meaning of the a Hawaiian land, the indigenous. He's one of them. He still has been a little bit distant from the people. I mean, he showed himself a little bit more than others, but there are other lawmakers in there who said he's been very distant from them, that he hasn't had press conferences. So all these problems that happened the first time I got there, these people had brought to my attention they were never answered. They don't know why. Not to mention, Mel, that there was a fire in Lahaina in 2018. Same problems as before. Why wouldn't they get them fixed? And why would it be? Why would? Why would it not be different this time? Especially when you had a fire less than five years ago, and this was the biggest disaster in American history. So that was the first thing we learned right off the bat: is that there was no transparency. People were upset. They felt the number of people, the official people, of numbers dead. 98 was being downplayed and at one point it was 120 and it went down to 98 i don't know if they found some zombies and brought them alive or oh, nice. how they came up with that number right but if you simply go up to the memorial right where lahaina is right not too far from from front street where they have all the crosses you count the numbers of crosses with name there's 137 dead people there 20 more missing that's 157 people dead or missing and yet the official count is still 98 so they felt that was a slap in the face, too, as well. So no transparency, downplaying the death. And then the money part. Uh, as you know, Biden offered each family family $700. Unbelievable. These people were saying to me left and right, they give all this money to Ukraine, billions and billions of dollars, and this is what they're going to offer me? So that's what we've discovered the first time out there. And, you know, not to really, I don't want to, bag on anybody's work out there but there were certain reporters out there certain outlets out there that were trying to find a smoking gun now i discovered and saw this quickly that there was going to be no discovered uh, no smoking gun 
the this it was decades of water diversion taken away from these areas and sent to the golf courses uh, that led to Lahaina being a tinderbox, including planting invasive grass for the cattle at the time that, to, that was there, uh, which which was indigenous of Africa, which t- helped turn Lahaina into a tinderbox. Wow. All these situations that led up to Lahaina's fire and knowing that it was going to take years before this was going to play out, years in the city councils, years in the courtrooms, years with the judges, that this is going to be a the long game and that local uh, activists and reporters are going to have to stay t- on top of that. And if people like me and you go there and bring information to light and bring it and keep the story fresh and relevant in everybody's mind, even when nobody's paying attention to it, that's the best thing for this to happen. Yeah. Knowing that when I left 30 days after, that when I went back and when I went back 100 days after, that the number one problem will be and is today housing. How do we house these people? When I say it looks like a managed gentrification, I mean it. It, it seems like they don't want to have these people out. There's close to anywhere between six to 7,000 people displaced. Uh, and the Red Cross housing and the FEMA housing, guess what? It's running out, Mel. So it's crunch time right now. And there are some activists out there. We can talk about some some avenues in which the people are pushing back. But housing is going to be the biggest problem. I just got a phone call the other day. Another suicide happened. There's been about six to seven suicides in the oh, last two uh, weeks. People are losing like it. It seems like the recovery process. And I know this is the worst disaster in America's history, but the recovery process might be as bad, if not worse, than the actual fire itself. We have a serious situation on our hand. People are being left out in the cold, and it's just going to get worse unless we the people do something and stand up and demand that these people get the help they need. I truly cannot believe what is going on with our uh, with this O'Biden regime over there, that they aren't um, financially helping these people. And yet we are sending that money to Ukraine. Now we're sending money elsewhere. Uh, I'm sure you just saw, as you cover a lot of the stuff I do, this cop conference, they want to say, you know, they're going to give $3 billion over there. They're going to fund the UN. They're going to fund this, they fund that. And they don't care at all about these people. And that when I saw you going back, I thought, thank God, because honestly, we have heard nothing about this. Now, now let me ask you a little bit about the gentrification situation there, because I, I tell a lot of people, um, as you know, I think that that Agenda 2030, 17 Sustainable Development Goals, uh, we all know, or my audience knows that Obama signed on to that in 2015. Uh, Joe Biden in September reaffirmed uh, that he will be achieving the 17 Development Goals, which are not American. They are global governance goals. Um, but how much do you think uh, that plays into what happened down there? I know uh, we don't we don't, there weren't smoking guns and stuff, but it does appear that a lot of very, very wealthy people that I call uh, members of the global billionaire oligarchy live right there. Uh, it just seems very, very, I think a lot of people saw that Oprah and, and The Rock come out, they're asking for money when they could easily give a billion dollars to put every single one of these people into housing uh, overnight if they just called maybe four or five of their friends. So uh, what's the story there? Is there, is there a there there that you see? Yeah, there is definitely a there there that I see, you know, and when I've talked to some people back on the island, there are, you know, not only Josh Green, but there are other people who have uh, possibly connections to UN and other other these groups, these NGOs and whatnot that are really looking for the fourth industrial revolution. Something that Shelby Hosanna pointed out to me who wrote that book, Burn Back Better, is that can you imagine as a uh, Hawaiian 
right, where you had so much documentations on papers and whatnot. Now it's all burnt down. So now you go back to get all that documentation all set up. It's all digitized, you know, digitalized. It's all on a QR code. So all that stuff seems to be there. And, you know, with the whole with the whole uh, town pretty much by Front Street burnt down in a lot of those areas. Well, how are they going to build those back? They're going to build them back with electrical grids, smart grids, 15-minute cities. So there's a lot of that that is there right now that seems evident. And like I said, it's very hard to ignore the fact that the governor himself was the keynote speaker for 15-minute sustainable cities at the U.N. just months before that happened. And a lot of people are not relinquishing any connections to elected officials if they have any to these groups, you know, uh, like the World Economic Forum and whatnot. So there's a lot of questions back there. But I know this much as people try to go back and pick their life back up. Everything's now in QR codes and digitalized. Oh, wow. So there, now let me ask it, it you. It seems like it. Yeah. yeah. Are you able to see? Uh, do you know who got the contracts to rebuild stuff there? Are people already there from uh, multinational corporations no. in there rebuilding yet or no? No, not yet. The cleanup process hasn't even happened. And that's are the thing. Serious? The lack of resources are there. We drove to different parts of Lahaina where you can see over that fence and it's it hasn't been touched. There's still garbage and everything out there. And it's like, where are the Army Corps of Engineers? Right. Where's the where's the resources we got to get in there? And that's the thing, Mel. If they can drag this out, can you imagine as if you're an indigenous person or you're a local that's been working there for so long, now you don't have a home, now you don't have a job, you can't stay there. You have to go to the main island. You have to go to Vegas or California or somewhere in the Midwest. You can't stay there. It was already as expensive as is, and they already right. had a housing crisis before this situation, this is the easiest way to get them out of there. Not to mention a lot of people say, well, why would they, why would the police officers block people in from going out? Well, I'm not going to say it's true, but the best way to claim somebody's land is if they're not alive, you can easily claim their land. Uh, so, I mean, there are questions that need to be answered here, but it, it, it seems like that process, as far as the rebuilding, it seems like they will not break ground for three to four years. And oh it's going to be impossible God. for the majority of those people at least, at least three to four years. They, they've gone through one or two zones. Here's the thing they haven't decided. There's this whole talk about this going through the ashes. Now, if you go through the ashes to look for your remains and you go into your household, and this, they still have zones blocked off where people haven't been able to go into where their house was. And if, can you imagine leaving your house one day? It was in your house for generations. Uh, it's all you know. You leave, and then you're not allowed to even go back in there. You haven't seen it. It's like it was pulled away from you. Just like that. Well, who's not allowing the, the, them? The city. Who, who's 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 the, the county? The county has it blocked off. The county has it blocked off. They only have certain zones open. The majority of the zones are still closed. People have not gone in there to look at through their remains. And there's a problem now. They're saying, well, how can they go through the remains? Once they start going through the remains, they're going to kick all that ash in the air, and it's going to be bad for the environment in the air. So they've oh, talked really? about bringing in this thing called soil tack. Yes. Now, this soil tax stuff has never been tested on wildfires before. It's only been used by the military. Um, there's been arguments whether it's biodegradable or not. Some people say no. It's somebody says you read the label, it says it's not. But it's supposed to clump together that ash. So when people go through things, the ash won't go kicked in the air. Only problem is, Mel, since it's never been tested, when it does rain and the water rinses it down into the ocean, into the coral, What's going to happen with it? So they're dragging their feet. They've used it in some parts. There's been a lot of discussions about that. Um, 
Maui is one of those areas. It's just crazy because it seems they have this very, very ignorant, just lost, mentally ill freaking uh, lawmakers over there. They've already released bioengineered, lab engineered, excuse me, mosquitoes, the Bill Gates mosquitoes in certain parts of the island saying, and I know this has got nothing to do with the fire, but just no, to give still, you a little bit of, of mindset of, yeah, the people, they release some of those those mosquitoes because they say that it's it's going to help the bird population. So it, it, it almost feels like it's an East Palestine situation. We're like, yeah. ah, let's just give it a shot. Controlled burn, why not? Ah, soil attack, why not? They're even making a push to where the fire burnt down to replant more invasive grass species where there's a lot of people going, hello, that's what turned Lahaina into a tinderbox in the first place. Now you want to do it again? So a lot of craziness going on right now all around. I mean, I've been into every single facet and avenue of this, uh, talking to lawmakers, talking to activists, business owners. It's just craziness going on there. Um, well, what's so crazy is I'm thinking I will about say this much. Go ahead. No, I said, no, no, when, go ahead. Go ahead. You please. Oh, I was going to say, remember when Puerto Rico happened and like the whole that we were sending so much yeah. there. It was such a huge response. It, it's hard to believe that it's not getting the similar response at all. It sounds like on purpose. Um, have they been and, and they after that, that seven hundred dollars that they offered people? Is that it? Oh, I hope you're enjoying the show. I was just talking on my new Patriot mobile service. I have to tell you, I'm so excited. They are incredible. They are America first. They they align with my values. And you know what? It's unlimited minutes, unlimited text, Wi-Fi calling, unlimited data, high speed, everything that you could use, just like everyone else. We have our time, we have our vote, and we have our money. And the great thing about Patriot Mobile is your service will be exactly the same. Difference with Patriot Mobile is they are an America first company. And what they do is they reinvest their money into causes that matter to me and matter to you and matter to this nation. At Patriot Mobile, those causes are the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, the Constitution, and our children's future. So please go to themelkshow.com. Patriot Mobile is a partner of ours. Please use the code MELK. What I can tell you too is that they are supporting me and they are supporting creators because they believe in the First Amendment. They believe that censorship is wrong and they are gonna put their money where their mouth is. Do what you can for the creators out there that are doing what I'm doing. Please go to Patriot Mobile, Mel K Show. All I can say is thank you so much, guys. Supporting my partners supports me, and Patriot Mobile is absolutely awesome. I checked them out. We're switching to Patriot Mobile, and we hope you do too. Thank you so much. Well, I don't know if there's any more that's gone to the individual. Supposedly, there's money there from the national government that's been given to the, the state and the county. Um and uh, one of the lawmakers told me that she would like to know where it's being spent because they're not being transparent with that. And people want to know they want to be transparent with that. So here's the thing. So now the biggest issue is housing, right? So we have all these people who uh, lost their housing, six to 7,000 people who are now displaced. So what they're doing now is a bunch of these activist groups have joined together. 30 of them have come together. And a lot of them are from the distribution centers. One of the things I didn't highlight uh, about my first trip there when I was just talking about it 
was the fact is that the, the people, not the state, <laughs> not the government, not FEMA, not Red Cross. I mean, they tried to, but the people set up distribution centers. The citizens were helping the citizens. And that's something if you watch the first Lahaina on fire that I made, you'll see. Well, a lot of those activists who are running the distribution centers, they've come together with other groups to form something called Lahaina Strong. And what okay. they're doing is on Hana Anakapali Beach, which is just north of Lahaina. It's a little ritzy area right in front of this place called the Whalers Village, which is this nice outdoor shopping mall and the Westin Hotel. On the beach there, they've set up camp. They've tapped into their ancestry laws. The ancestry laws state that if they're fishing on the beach and they have a pole out, they can stay there overnight. So they set up about 30 poles and they set up tents behind them. They've made a makeshift kitchen, a makeshift uh, hospital tent, wow. and now they're hunkering down on that beach, and they're not going to leave until the mayor has an emergency proclamation or the governor stating that they're going to turn the, 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 uh, the short-term housing into long-term. They have something called the Minotoyas list there, and the Minotoyas list is just all these people who have to register for Airbnbs. And if you can imagine in Maui, because they want to get every single tax dollar out of all these people, uh, Mel, you have to be registered as an Airbnb. So there's there's 2,400 short-term housings, and oh, what wow. they want these what they want the mayor to do is turn those short-term housing into long-term housing. Um, now there's FEMA is and the Red Cross are ready to cut a check if people need housing. They just need to find a spot for it. But what the mayor just did is instead of using his leverage and saying, "Hey, what we'll do for you people uh, on the Millentoyas list is we're going to overpay for housing," right? Like they overpay for everything else, overpay for the housing to convince these landlords to give up those those short term rentals for long term rentals. Tell them they're going to give them 50 percent above uh, whatever the, the rate is. Tell them they're going to put their name in lights. Tell them they're going to provide them insurance. And then they'll be able to pick in the process of taking a Lahaina survivor, somebody who lost their housing and put them up for a year to do that. It would cost them probably the, the county 200 million. That's oh a bargain to put people up for a year. If you gave them $10,000 per month per unit on average, you right. can you can house families, whatnot. Another problem part of the housing is that all these HOAs, Mel, the, the, the tiny housing, they've shut down all the tiny housing. So oh they have my. all this tiny housing set aside, and they can't put it up. So they're not tapping into their resources. They're not coming up with solutions. And these people are being left out in the cold. But if this would say, hey, we're going to overpay you for your housing to the landlord. How is these people? We'll give you a 50% above market rate. We'll, we'll pay for your insurance and we'll let you help pick your tenant. They can really uh, help this problem out right away. They're not doing that. Instead, the mayor has offered to wipe out the pe person's property tax for the year, saving them $17,000. they are not going to bite. Unfortunately, wow. the landlords are not going to bite for something like that. No, not there. Not there, especially. Um, another thing that a lot of people saw right away was there happens to be a lot of the billionaire oligarchy of America that live right in that area. It appears that a lot of their homes were unscathed. There was a lot of uh, theories as to why. Why why were all of those homes, we all saw the map of uh, like Oprah yeah. and and the guy from Oracle yeah. and Zuck, all these people. Um, was there a reason? Is there a, was was there something that was built or retardant or something that their homes were were uh, basically? It looks like when you look at the yeah. pictures, it looks like their homes were skipped over. 
Um, was that some kind of lack yeah, of yeah. Uh, preparation from the 2018 fire or what? Well, I'm sure that there are certain people who had a few bucks who probably have water systems that could probably activate and with their own tank or whatever, whatnot. But that's one thing in the movie we don't concentrate so much on, but we do touch into. We did talk to all the activists out there who are looking into those things, right. who are looking into space laser, who are looking into directed energy weapons, who are looking to weather modification, because there's a lot of questions about all these things. Right. And I'm going to just tell people that's for you to conclude. Uh, it definitely does seem odd on a lot of the reasons why some houses were untouched and some were burnt. It does definitely, I can't, you know, I mean, there were trees that have, that make you question stuff, cars that burnt down, but right next to it, something's, you know, just completely intact. Right. Um, so I leave that up to the audience to decide. I do include the information there and I talk to all the right people who can give them the answers, but that's for you to decide. However, I think the decades of allowing Lahaina to turn into a tinderbox and providing that, you know, the, the conditions is something I wanted to concentrate on. And I wanted to concentrate on on the now what's going on, what, what's going right. on with the people. We can question those things to the cows come home. But right now there's people who are suffering, people who are going to have to leave West Maui that don't want to. How do we help them? How do we highlight their issues? So that's what I concentrated yeah. on most. I do touch those things, Mel. But I leave that up for you to decide because, you know, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot saying, of military yeah. stuff out there. Yeah. Right. I think also what you're saying, though, to me, the reason I asked that is because I do do a lot of work on the 17 development goals and all the what they're doing all over the world. And I have to tell you, there's something uh, about a lot of these things, including what I believe is going on in Israel, that's really about the land. It's got nothing to do with the people. It's got nothing to do with that. It's got to do with whatever that land is and who who wants that land. So to me, it's like to, to destroy all the land wouldn't make that much sense. But to destroy the land that they can yeah. build back better, like uh, her book, uh, if you know how these people work, as you do, because, uh, again, another thing that you've done uh, better than most, one of the best journalists on this and your partner is really going into the power grabs by the IMF and the World Bank and all of these people of land all over the world. It, it just didn't happen that much in America because people didn't really realize it. And that's why I think you're uniquely... Uh, suited to be the front runner on and, and in the front row of covering this story. Um, now, I wanted to know about, um, so you've met a lot of people there. My, my big, and you brought up suicide. Uh, when anything like this happens because of my own history, I look at this and I think the mental health costs, uh, the psychological damage of these people must be so horrific um, to live through this. Are they getting any kind of uh, medical care, support, mental health support. Is there anything like that happening there at all? Yes. And once again, it's being provided by uh, the, the citizens and other citizens coming in from other places. It's all, there's a lot of uh, people just donating their time and providing free services. At all the distribution centers, we see a lot of medical tents where they brought in, you know, psychiatrists, doctors to help on out. Um, and, and provide help for the trauma because that's what they're right. facing. They're facing a lot of trauma. Right. You know, when I was there for the first uh, right 30 days after, there were a lot of people who just had their head down. They weren't looking up. They didn't want to talk to us on the camera. They didn't want to look anybody in the eye. Um, you can imagine what they were going through, and they weren't ready to talk. The second time out, there was a few more people ready to talk about what they experienced. But still, I mean, it, it, this is just devastating. 
uh, a lot of people lost. It, it seemed like whoever, you know, the people that were lost in this fire more than anything were either the really old or the really young. Right. And you can imagine everybody in between, you know, leaving their family home, their their grand, their their mother or their father at home one day and then coming back and they've been burnt to a crisp. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, same thing with the children. They're, you know, they were sent home from schools uh, that day and they were home. And a lot of these kids died alone, scared. So you can just imagine the trauma that they are facing. Um, the one thing that I found so amazing from the first one and I really highlighted was that these citizens, uh, they are some of the strongest citizens I've ever met in my life, and they are taking care of each other. Uh, and that's great. And they're doing the same thing when it comes to providing services for mental health. But, Mel, as you can imagine, you might be able to have the services there to help provide for mental health, but just some people are not going to be able to respond or relive this. Or You know what I'm saying? And it's not only that they lost a family member, it's that they got nowhere to go. That's why we're seeing suicides happen right now. People jumping off the hotels and whatnot. They got no place to go. They got nothing to do. Their whole life has just been turned upside down and they don't want to live anymore. So as much help as we can provide is great. But this is just one of those situations where, unfortunately, it's 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 just awful. People feel like there's nowhere to go. Is there a U.N. presence down there? Is there a international presence of any kind that you saw? There's a Red Cross presence, but it's very, very, very little, right? You know, so it's there is a Red Cross presence. I think Red Cross has done the best job, better than FEMA and whatnot. Um, but that's about it. There's not a presence of anybody else over there. I'd like to see the Army Corps of Engineers out there helping out, uh, some equipment out there. You don't see any of their equipment, nothing. Any it's military? Like, really, to say that you, what's that? Any military at all? There are National Guards that are, are guarding some of the avenues to get into Lahaina that are closed down. So you definitely see that presence there. This time, 100 days out was a lot different than it was 30 days out. 30 days out, cops all over the place. They had like sheriffs in from different parts of the island. Um, so they had help out there. And at one point, it was kind of interesting because in Lahaina, they had all these like other different types of military groups out there or different sheriffs from like the mainland and whatnot they didn't have the local police out there because the local police had have gotten kind of some criticisms for how they handled the whole fire so they had removed them and they had other military guards and all those other things so uh y there is a little military presence out there but really to tell you the truth it just feels like stuff has happened and these people are just left out in the cold there's there's no presence no help out there for these people you know like i said if it wasn't for the locals setting up their distribution centers these people wouldn't even get the help they need those distribution centers provided water canned goods food and it was done by other citizens done by other citizens and that's what we were able to do the first time we went out there we were able to highlight these distribution centers give people direct links on how they can donate directly to them they don't have to go through the rock and oprah and we were able to help these distribution centers directly and that was an amazing thing so well, now the distribution keep, centers the leaders over going. there now all yeah. over uh yeah. new york at least when i left they were building tent big giant tent cities uh have they been doing that mm. are these people their their housing that they're putting what kind of housing are we talking about if any is coming from fema or the government well that's what i said like the hoas have been shutting down all the tiny houses we drove by a spot where they had all these tiny houses donated to them and they can't even put them up they're not allowed to put them up because it's Maui and the, the HOAs have a lot of say in what goes up in these neighborhoods. We were able to experience a tiny house going up in somebody's backyard where there was no HOA. 
uh, and it was a nice community. And, you know, the, the, the homeowner, his friend had lost two businesses and a house in Lahaina. So he was able to put that up. But for the most part, they're not putting the, them up. And like most people are staying in hotel rooms and short term housings. So there are no 10 cities. I mean, they already had a homeless problem before there, like I said. Uh, and a lot of those people were down in Lahaina. Now they can't at all because it's a disaster zone. So that's why so many people are having so many problems right now, because it's like they don't know where to go once they get thrown out of the housing. The one activism we saw, the Lahaina Strong people, they're the ones who are setting up tents on the beach. And it seems to be growing bigger and bigger and bigger because people are getting thrown out and have no place to go. So they're setting up housing on the uh, tents on the beach in front of a real ritzy area. And they're letting the governor and everybody else know, hey, man, you need to take care of this problem right now. But mid-December is when it's really going to hit hard in less than two weeks when a lot of this housing ends. We're going to see what's what and where these people are going to go. So right now, they've been mopped up with some of the Airbnbs, the hotels. And that type of living really sucks, Mel. They, oh, they're, they're allowed to come and go and, invest in, 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 and inspect your apartment whenever they want, whenever they show up. Yeah. They move you from hotel room to hotel room to a hotel room. Uh, they were throwing people out of a hotel room for using a rice cooker. It's just shitty living. So it's not like that's really a long-term solution. They need to come up with a solution. They need to come up with it quick. And I'm talking real quick. We're less than a couple weeks out before a lot of that housing comes to an end. Unless yeah. they find a way to extend it. And even if they extend it, people don't want to stay in hotels and get shuffled from hotel room to hotel room to hotel room. Can you imagine? You got to leave this hotel room. We're sending and you, got you to kids. a different hotel. A room. lot of them have kids and stuff. And and the yeah. other thing it's too, twenty four hours. Yeah, they tell them to move. It's terrible. It's horrible. But the other thing too is this does remind me of Hurricane Katrina. Remember all the housing that that never got used. You could still drive by because I've driven cross country a couple times through the Hurricane Katrina area, and there's still they still have all that housing there that's never been used. So this is, this is a horrible, horrible situation. So let's get to solutions because that's what you're always about, whether it's with uh, imperialism or with uh, elections. Uh, pasta comes with solutions. So let's tell my audience how they can uh, help out uh, down there, um, who who the real people to trust. You and I both know anytime that a situation like this happens, you're always going to have uh, the bad people that, that pretend that they're going to collect money. They're going to do that. They're not. So you've been down there on the ground. What can people actually do to get help to the real people that need it? Because I'm sure that the government or whoever, you know, NGOs or whatever are raising money. And you and I both know a lot of times that doesn't end up where it needs to go. Yeah, I, the Rock and Oprah had a, you know, asking people for money, setting up a foundation in which it goes through this whole NGO. And like you just said, that's going to go through all these different people before the money starts hitting, uh, you know, the actual people on the streets. Because people got salaries when it comes to these NGOs that exactly. got to be paid first. Through your exactly. donation money. So if you watch the first Lahaina on Fire, uh, volume one, on Pasta to Go, and that's the channel, Pasta to Go. It's on my YouTube channel. Uh, you will see there are direct donation links to these distribution centers that are still open. All but one distribution center is still open from what we experienced the first time we went down there. We even were able to uh, highlight the guy who has the uh, roundtable pizza in Lahaina. He was giving away free pizzas, free food. He was taking donations and he was giving them back out to families who needed help. Really, to tell you the truth, we want to keep that money within the people and let them yeah. sort things out. That's who we trust most. Uh, let the citizens take care of their neighbors. And I think that's the best way to go. Now, moving forward, the second movie will be out around New Year's Eve, uh, New Year's Day. Uh, and it's going to highlight a group, a group called Lahaina 
strong. Lahaina strong. That is the number one group right now that's working with the housing situation. There are 28 groups that uh, have joined together with them, and they're trying to figure out this housing situation. So if you go to Lahaina Strong and tell them that Pasta sent you, they'll show you the ways in which you can help them uh, with their distribution center down there, with their housing situation. They're the ones who are looking at all the groups have come together, you know, from different distribution groups. They're all concentrating down with Lahaina Strong on the beach because they're the ones who are taking the governor head on, who are taking the mayor head on and trying to get this housing situation figured out. I would either, you know, help Lahaina Strong or I would call the mayor and say, hey, yeah. you need to fix this situation. You know, Mel, I had on Angela McCardle and you did a show with, on my show before with Angela McCardle where we yeah. had you as the populist right or her as a libertarian. And we had my friend on Don oh, yeah, DeBar, yeah, the, Don. the leftist Marxist, right? Fun. Yeah. And how much we and how much we agree on. But this really this really kind of digs deep into the isms. Right. If you think about. You know, the, the libertarian way where the government doesn't get involved. It lets the free market work itself out. Well, in these situations, you might need to get a little socialist over here, right? We we need at least, at the very least, good governance. We need yeah. the mayor and the the, 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 the the city councils to figure out a way to work this out. They've gotten some money in there from the national government. How do we spend it? Figure yeah. this out. Right now, the first thing we can do, it's the main thing we can do is not let this place get gentrified. We got to keep these people on the island. We got to help them stay there in West Maui, where they've been their whole lives, their families' lives. That's the number one thing we got to do. We got to help them get housed. So, Lahaina Strong, call them up. Uh, go online. You can find them easy. Lahaina Strong. They have a, a an Instagram, a web page. They're setting up all that stuff out. You can find ways to donate. Every ways they're. They're, they're staying really close to the whole situation. They'll tell you what to do. Maybe you can call the mayor and tell him, hey, man, you need to take care of this housing problem. But we need to co come together collectively to help them out in this situation because the first things first, and there's a lot of other problems. There's problems with the water system in there. There's problems with the electrical system in there. There's problems with the cleanup. But right now, these people's lives are in danger because they might be thrown off that island. If they leave that island, they might never make it back. And then that oligarch that fourth industrial revolution that plan is set in motion because the first thing they need to do is get rid of those people and confiscate their land so let's keep them there first let's get them housed lahaina strong that's the first way then there's just a, a a list of situations where we have to constantly bug and push the government and stay on top of the local activists there that are highlighting all these things we have one woman who's working on the water situation she's trying to get answers on why the water was turned off how it was tested what the system's supposed to be doing, who was in charge of it, all these answers we still need to push for so therefore it doesn't happen again because it is definitely bad government and we have to hold them accountable. Yeah, we must. Um, another thing, uh, there's there's a lot of very, very wealthy people that live surrounding there. Are they um, are they getting involved? Are we talking about that this is uh, the people that were affected doing that? I mean, is the community there that uh, are who 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 is who is running this? Who Who's... Who's organizing? Is it is it all hands on, or is it the mostly the people that were affected? It's mostly the people who are affected. I don't want to say that nobody's getting involved. Uh, you know, a lot of the rich people they do a lot getting more. Involved. Let's be honest; they could do a lot more. Of course, of, of course, they can, but they're not obligated to, right? It's a 
country. Yeah. They can do what they want. They can not yeah, do what they HOA want. Yeah, but that HOA story you know, is very disturbing. That, you know, even in Florida, there's a lot of issues with the HOA and how much power they have here. So I can only imagine. Yeah. To, ima to imagine that, that that's terrible. Sick. We had a guy, uh, and, I, you know, he's got Rebuilding, Rebuild, Rebuilding Lahaina is his uh, Instagram, and his name is Alfie. He was setting up, when I first got there, to the distribution center in Lahaina, he was showing a, uh, a prototype of a dome he was building. He was going to build a tiny home village uh, where people can stay for a year or two years until they get back on their feet and build West Maui. Well, the HOA shut that down. So, you know, now it's up to the government to do something. But a lot of times the government just kind of puts its hands back and says, we're not going to do a damn thing. It's really hard to tell property owners what they have to do. Right. But if you give them and you make them an offer, they can't refuse. If you have good governance here, like I said, you overpay for the, the rental property right. where they say, OK, I'll do that. And plus, we'll put your names and lights and we'll insure your property. They can get it done. We got to force the govern government to do work. We, we don't want to force them to make authoritarian moves. A lot of the reasons why the mayor and the governor don't want to hit this thing called the Minotoyas list, it's the, that's that list of 2,400 short-term properties and tell yeah. them they have to do something, is they know they're going to get sued if they, have, if they force them to do something. So why not just show some good governance, overpay, you overpay for everything else, overpay for the people right. to house them for once and for all, and right. provide a solution that can get them forward. I'm not telling them to force anybody to do anything. I'm telling them they need to come up with good solutions and they're not doing that. Yeah, I wonder if a lot of those people, because some of those homes are probably not their main homes. I wonder if those people even know that this is an option, too. I mean, like the truth is a lot of these people might or those homes might be owned by corporations or they might be owned by, you know, you don't know a lot of these Airbnbs around the country. They're really owned by shell companies. You know, it'd be good to do a, a little research on what what's really available on that list specifically and find, you know, I mean, there's a lot that can be done in general. Uh, last thing I wanted to ask you is. Um, I, I I I always worry about this. Um, what's the situation with safety? Uh, are these people um, have they put together their own like neighborhood watch type thing where they're where they're looking out for each other? I know there's a lot of children uh, involved here too. Are they um, are they policing themselves? Do they have uh, security? Do they have all that stuff? Very important in situations like this, you know. Well, the National Guard is uh, is watching their old houses and all that there where they're not even allowed to go in half to the That's burn crazy. zones and stuff like that. But they are policing. The, you know, the Hawaiian community is when, when it comes to, you know, I, I've said this before. I said, you know, if there's ever a group of people where the government went too far and said, uh, you know, we're going to push these people out in existence and, and, and these people are going to fight back, it's the Hawaiian people. You know what I'm saying? And it's not just the locals and the indigenous. Um, even the uh, the the white people, the Hollies, they're called. We're called Holly Hollies. They're so, you know, in tuned with that community and so connected to that community. They're watching each other's back. You know what I'm Good. saying? That that's yeah. that's one of the best things about my Lahaina experience is seeing the citizens, the neighbors take care of each other. It really is heartwarming. Uh, and, you know, it just shows you what they can accomplish when you when you come together as a community. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times we often don't see that, you know, in New York and Florida, you know, the neighbors don't even know each other. 
I know. Well, yeah. that's I, I believe, honestly, uh, Pasta and we'll be doing another show upcoming uh, for sure. And hopefully many more uh, this year upcoming. I think that that's going to change. And I think that maybe looking at how these communities do work together and all of that, to, despite the terrible tragedy, um, there's probably a lot to learn about about survival uh, on, a, on a community neighborhood, neighborhood basis. I think it's really important we start actually thinking about this going forward, whatever happens. But um, I know that you've been great. Well, you and I have both also dug in to the entire CIA and all this stuff that happened down in uh, Hawaii as well. So Hawaii's, uh, you know, been through it. Uh, many people there have generations worth of people that have been fighting to preserve their their island and their culture. And uh, it's a really big deal. I am uh, I'm so grateful that you're down there. You are the only person, only journalist I've seen out there. We know that there's there's a new definition of journalist, uh, but you are one, <laughs> a real one. But I, I really I've seen nobody else covering it. And I'm really grateful for you uh, that you continue to do this. And I want people to understand Pasta puts out a thing. He's going to Palestine or he's going to, uh, you know, Honduras to watch the election or Cuba to watch the election or uh, Maui or wherever he's going. It's like bare bones going old school on the ground, war correspondent type journalism. And you do not stop. You do not give up. I'm always like, oh, my God, where's he going now? Uh, but you're doing the real work. You know, we don't have any journalists left that are, are the real breed of uh, skeptical thinkers who are trying to find answers and solutions. So I'm so grateful for your work. If you could please tell my audience where to follow you, um, how to find you. I I, I, I wish you luck. Uh, I was kicked off of YouTube uh, in 2020. And every time I've tried to get back on, I'm off within two days. So God bless you for... <laughs> a new channel um tell my audience everywhere we'll yeah. also put a link to the first movie uh in the description box so please go check that out go ahead uh you know if you go to my twitter it's at yo pasta yo pasta you can see it down below um and that will you know show you where you can get links to all my other channels and everything i do pasta to go the number two and go is my youtube uh we're gonna try to give it a shot you know what i'm saying right. i was demonetized on my old channel the convo couch for three years, uh, couldn't get a dime from, uh, you know, YouTube. So this time we're going to, hopefully we're going to be able to keep it going, right. um, and stay out of the danger zone. We do have a rumble for the pasta to go to as well, right. uh, and a local. So that if we do get shut down on YouTube, at least we have a backup. So we will be working on both channels. Pasta to go is my new show. If you want to see some of my other stuff, I do with Fiorella Isabel. That's the combo couch, uh, C O N V O couch. And who knows who I'll be showing up for and subbing in for like, uh, you know, I was doing Jimmy door for the last three and a half, four months. That was an amazing experience. And I thank Jimmy for giving me his megaphone. Um, but you know me, I'm going to be running around doing my thing. Uh, I'm pretty easy to find. So, uh, at yo pasta start there and then work your way all around. And I will be popping up in your feeds and everywhere possible. Well, and here more and more going forward as well. I'm having Jimmy on in January. I'm very excited. Uh, I think we'll have a great conversation. And uh, thank you so much. You, you've also become a good friend and uh, somebody who supports me a lot. You know, we, we get a lot of uh, arrows and, and things thrown at us and uh, can keep going. So it's it's those people that yeah. you got to really keep close and uh, be really yeah. grateful for. And I'm super yeah. grateful for you. Thank you so much, my friend. Uh, please follow him everywhere. And if he goes on assignment and you see him go on assignment, we're talking old school journalism and support him every way you can. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much, Mel Kay. I love the work you do and really appreciative of your work. Uh, it, it's really needed out there. I think you're uh, a champion in the space you hold. And I look forward to seeing uh, your work every every year. It just gets better and better.
Thank you, sir. I'll see you in real life, hopefully soon with a big hug and uh, keep up the great work. Everyone's been asking me what I've been doing because I am in better shape than I've been uh, probably maybe in my life. And I am now thriving and I have so much energy. I'm going around, I'm doing all these tours and I'm doing the show and I'm showing up at small events and big events. And I'll tell you the one thing that's definitely changed my life is superfoods, Mel Cake superfoods. When I got involved with superfoods in the beginning, I was not eating right. I was not sleeping right. I was not, uh, it was mid COVID. So I wasn't really doing much and I was doing a lot of things wrong. And then I found superfoods and it has changed me from the inside out. Not only have I dropped weight, which wasn't even the goal. I really wanted to detox. I wanted to help my immune system. I wanted to make sure I didn't get sick while a lot of other people were and superfoods came into my life and changed everything. I now think about what I'm eating. I don't have cravings. I don't eat late night. There's a whole protocol. It's so easy. It's laid out for you. You take it out of the box. It's there. All your food's taken care of, all your nutrients, all your energy, all your protein. It is an amazing way to change your life from the inside out. Superfoods changes everything. It gives you a protocol. It gives you a schedule. You know what to do. You know what you're eating. You feel great. You look great. Your life's getting better. And the one thing I know is you can go to themelkshow.com, go down to Superfoods, and you can start your journey. Because today is the day. I will tell you, I waited and I waited. And then I started Superfoods. And within three months, my entire life changed uh, for the better, more than I could have imagined. MelKayShow.com, go to Partners page, down to Superfoods, and click on the link. And you will find a whole new world that will change your mind, change your body, change your life. So when you get Superfoods, that helps me and helps this show keep going. I cannot tell you how much it's changed my life for the better, and it will yours too. And enjoy the rest of the show. Mel K Superfoods. Get over there now. There's no time like the present. Hi, guys. You know, for months and months, me and Mike Al have been talking about the water supply. What is in there? There are pharmaceuticals in the water supply. There are all these chemicals, lots of pollution. We've had all these natural disasters that leave our water not nearly as clean and certainly not as God intended. We know how important water is for our health. So we have been on a mission to try to find the best alternative to the water that is out there, including bottled water, which course we did a whole show on everything that's in bottled water which is almost as shocking as what's in our natural water now so we found the best partner we could in healthy hydrogen uh, this is a portable bottle that i use all the time but also there are many options over there you can get a house a full house system you can get a tabletop system you can get uh, for your shower for your office and business they have so many great options if you go to the show.com we have partnered with them so it's on our partners page healthy hydrogen I am telling you right now, the difference in this water and what it will do to your health in general is incredible. Uh, if you have inflammation, your immune system has problems, anything that you are thinking you don't know the solution for, this could be the game changer. We've been looking for the missing piece and I believe the missing piece is the water. We are so excited. They have so much science backing all of their products. They have been tested by all different groups out there that do this for a living and look at water really in depth. We have the hydrogen aspect, which is truly fascinating nothing is more important than water we all know that so make sure you're putting the best water in your body and I assure you this is a true true game changer that you will see right away and will improve your health and your family's health going forward go check out the Mel K show partners page healthy hydrogen and get your health back from the inside out starting with God's great water we will see you soon thank you so much enjoy the rest of the show